The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Farrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out a bad, hate a burger, hate a bad, apple with a bad, attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad, out of bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad bread, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Farella Palacio right across the river and through the woods from where Granny ate all of my lozenges when she was drinking JMO in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion shake it up, should do but I'm a friend to come around, flat to flat to party up, brats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess is constantly my brains is splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out Hey, what's gigging? It's Pharrell with Carver High this evening. And we just got done with game one of the Monday night doubleheader and a Pittsburgh Steelers. Get it done. Against the G-Men, 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 no longer Big Blue. 26 to 16 was the final score. It just ended on a fourth and one. Uh, the Steelers went for it. And Claypool, the kid from Notre Dame, swept through on a motion and got the handoff from Roblesberger quickly. Boom. First down. Easy. Got like seven yards around the end. Slid down, game over. Roethlisberger came back uh, tonight after missing, um, you know, most of last year after week two going down, blowing out his arm. Twenty-one to thirty-two, two twenty-nine, three touchdowns, no picks. Juju with two touchdowns. He was having fun again. He had everybody going in this thing tonight, uh, and that was with multiple mistakes. Johnson fumbled the punt at the beginning of the game. And I thought he had a terrible game. Connor, the running back, he injured his ankle. When is that guy not injured? Honestly. And they're talking about him, his contract's up at the end of the year. See ya. Bye. I mean, he's like Aaron Judge. That guy's injured so much. Honestly. We got a big show for you. Chris Domino coming up this hour. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. 
And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so uh, we're getting ready for Titans and Broncos from the thin air. Last year they played here, and it was 16 nothing Denver. I doubt you're going to see that game again. I, I won't deny that uh, the Titans are the better team, if you ask me. Even with Von Miller, I think the Titans are better than the Broncos. But like I said today on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid TV, I didn't uh, think that it would be uh, – well, I just don't do that. I don't flip picks. I don't, you know, flip day of game when I ride something for five days. You know what I mean? I I put out the picks when I get all the spreads and I feel good enough to put them up, you know, sometime Wednesday, Thursday at the very latest on, uh, you know, game week for college and pro. And uh, I put it out as Denver, right? I was laying one and a half. You know, now it's getting three. And I stayed with them based on I'm not going to flip. Uh, at the last minute when I tell everyone, you know, that goes on Pharrell and events.com that I'm on the uh, Broncos. I like Denver going into this game, uh, you know, certainly with Von Miller and uh, their other injuries, Sutton, et cetera. Right. But I, I just feel like now they're looking a little bit naked at the altar and I won't deny Carver high that uh, the Titans, you know, uh, were great. They had a great run. Uh, they beat the Patriots, and you know they made it to the title game. They lost, and uh, Kansas City beat them. It is what it is. But I think that uh, this game is still up in the air. I said today, like my only hope is in terms of betters was that uh, that you know the Titans, you know the, these teams have not played games, and scrimmage just not cutting the mustard for me. In fact, I thought that if you looked at it realistically today in this game, the, the Giants, to me, looked really gassed in, late in the third quarter and fourth quarter. They did nothing. Now, I know their two-minute offense went out and scored a touchdown, but they barely got that done either. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think that they looked like they were – I heard all this stuff about how intense Joe Judge is with practice and how – crippling his practices are and he makes them start over and he makes them run laps and everything else but it didn't matter they didn't play games they didn't uh play against anybody they didn't scrimmage against anybody except themselves and i thought late in that game their defense looked shot and pittsburgh's didn't and then i think playing in that thin air in the altitude tennessee has to go out there and play four quarters of football with no oxygen I mean, let's face facts. It's, you know, a mile high and uh, it is no joke. Like I've lived out there. I've been out there. I've stayed out there. You name it. I've been to games there many times and there's just no getting around it. It's real. It's not like some kind of joke. Like, 
you know, Trump saying there's no such thing as uh, global warming and all this idiocy. I'm talking about, I mean, it's just flat out a mile up. <laughs> it's not, you know, we're not at sea level over here playing the game in uh, Smashville. So I think it takes a toll on players. I know it does. And there are some players that have uh, conditioned sickle cell, whatever else, that won't even play in games out there. So all I know is that's my hope is that it's going to have a uh, some kind of a toll on them in this game. Now, if things go according to plan for the Titans, they're going to run Henry down their throats. And without Von Miller in, in that defense, it's going to be a problem. And then we'll see if uh, Tannehill can throw it all over Denver. And then on the other side of the ball, I think Locke's a good quarterback. And I think that uh, they got a really strong running game. So if Denver can run the ball, if they can, you know, we'll see if Clowney and that defense can stop the run. And if they do, Tennessee should win the game. If they can't stop the pass and the run, I know that sounds simple, but if Locke throws the ball and play action and they can run the ball, if they can do that, they can win this game. You know, last year, no one thought they were going to win the game either when they played Tennessee. And right. uh, they beat them 16 nothing, Carver. Yeah, and that was with Joe Flacco at quarterback, too, that 16 nothing game. Um, I, I like the Titans tonight, but I, I'm with you. I, I, I think this is a close game. I know that, like Adam Kaplan said today, he thought that the Titans would, would really hammer them tonight. I'm not in that boat, but I am on Tennessee. I just think that they're better than them. and the the key injuries for Denver, you lose a big piece on D like Miller and Sutton's not going to play for them tonight. I mean, they basically have me, you and mafia at receiver tonight, Denver, you know, they, they have, they have basically the bench crew um, going in there to play that lock has to throw to. So I, I don't really like that aspect, but they do have good backs in Gordon and Lindsay. So they're going to have to run the rock up there. And I, and you're right about the giants too. They were, they look like they were finished by the end of that third quarter in the game tonight. They had no gas left in the tank, no juice at all. Dallas scores, by the way, 2-1 game now oh, uh, with what? about what nine minutes here? left in the third. So Dallas has uh, gotten to with it when, uh, one of the Vegas Golden Knights up in Edmonton. So we'll keep an eye on that. But I like the Titans in a close game tonight, Scotty. Titans in a close game. So in a close game as in they cover the three, the Broncos, or they don't? I think it's a touchdown or less. So that's a, I think it's a one possession game. Obviously, I hope they cover the three. I am on them tonight, but um, uh, I also have them in a teaser getting three. So I got them a couple different ways. I think it's a one possession game. I think they win by seven or less. So you have the uh, you have the Titans minus three. I have the Titans minus three in one bet, and then I had a teaser with the Titans and the Steelers tonight. Uh, so I have the Titans plus three in a teaser bet. Oh. Well, look at you. Yes, oh, I got I a lot going on tonight. Jamie Ben with the goal for uh, Dallas. Anyway, they I were down to touchdown, uh, touchdown props for Derrick Henry and uh, Melvin Gordon tonight. So I got a lot on the table here for this game. So props as in if either one of them scores a touchdown, you win a bet. Correct. All right. So uh, in that game, the uh, Vegas, they scored right out of the gates in the third. Riley Smith. Scored on a uh, top shelf snapshot right off of the basically off the draw. They skated in and he he ripped one right over the shoulder of the goalie Hudobin, and that was that. It was two nothing. So this late goal by Ben uh, with you know nine left, they got a shot. 
But it looks like they're going to have a, a game six, right? And they got to win all three. Vegas has to win all three. It was 3-1. So they got to win this. They got to win Wednesday. And then I'm assuming they got to win Friday, right? Is that it? Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Uh, correct. Every other day. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, there you go. And then uh, the tomorrow's Tampa and the Islanders game five. And it's 3-1 there, Tampa. And that would go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday? That is correct. All right. Anyway, I don't like, um, frankly, I don't like Vegas's or uh, the Islanders' chances in these series. First of all, I think Tampa is, you know, like I said today, better. And I think the Islanders are great. I just think Tampa's better. And I've been on Tampa, as you know, for the entire season. And that's how the minute I saw them play hockey, I knew they were better than everybody. And they're better. They're better than everybody, let alone the Islanders. So they skate better, pass better, score better than everybody. I mean, they score better. They're better than Colorado. They're better than Vegas when it comes to, in my opinion, playing and scoring and skating and passing. And those are the things. And then if you just play a little defense and they have a goalie, right? Vasilevsky's tough. And they got headmen, so they play D. It's not like they don't do that either. They do it all. They forecheck, they backcheck, they uh, they dig in the corners. You know it, Carver. I can't even argue it. No, I cannot. They are the best team in hockey, and I thought it would t- be a really, really big ask for the Islanders to beat them four times. Not impossible, but I thought it would be a big ask. And you can just see um, Vasilevsky's played well, and they just have they have what the Islanders don't, and that's marquee top-line scorers who, in a big spot, you know that Kucherov or Braden Point, etc., are going to get you a big goal when they need it, like Kucherov did with eight seconds left in Game 2, and the Islanders don't have that. First play, Titans roll out Tannehill. He goes for 12 yards. So uh, they're underway in Denver. By the way, the Broncos have won seven straight openers at home. We'll see if they can live up to that. Chris Domino of 680 The Fan in Atlanta will join us next, and we'll spend some time talking bad about the Falcons. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, Pharrell on a bench on a uh, Monday night, uh, doubleheader tonight. Steelers won. Uh, they beat the Giants 26-16. And now they're underway in Denver. Titans first possession. They got the rock. I think it's uh, you know, I don't know, third and or second and six. It was just uh I, I thought it was just second and fifteen. I think they had maybe a penalty or something. God only knows. I can't keep track of it all. Oh, did they really? 
So uh, they're basically underway. They get the ball around just before midfield, and it's their first uh, time they get the ball. Chris Domino uh, is on the fan, 680 in Atlanta, and he's a regular on the bench. We get him on. We got to get him on the uh, coast-to-coast. I think did we, we had him on there one day. I know we had him on one day on there. I think he was he was out on his back deck or something. Then he moved back inside. He had the whole deal going. We'll get him back on the TV side. How you doing, Chris, tonight? How's everything? I'm doing well, Scotty. How are you? I'm hanging in. So, uh, strangely enough, uh, I, just while I'm at it, before I forget, I wanted to mention like that Georgia Tech win over Florida State. Now, yeah. I mean, since Paul Johnson left uh, Georgia Tech, my impression was is that like they were just terrible last year, right? They were just anemic. And I can't even believe, and I don't think Florida State's anything. They've been terrible for several years now. It's just been a disaster. They've mowed through coaches and everything else. But when you're down 10 nothing in Tallahassee, right? That game was in Tallahassee. And, and it was like 10-zip at the half. And then basically Georgia Tech kicked their ass the entire rest of the game, and they beat them. Could you even believe it? Yeah, so – it is a rebuild, no doubt about it. You, you were changing everything. You had to get your offensive lineman bigger. You had to do the things that normal football teams do, getting away from Paul Johnson's offense and really actually caring about your defense because Paul didn't really do much of that either. Uh, Jeff Collins is an upbeat guy. You know, this whole idea of he wants to attack the 404. This is his school. And uh, I, I think what Saturday proves, Scott, is that Florida State's no better than Georgia Tech. They don't coach better. Uh, they don't out-recruit them right now. There's no vibe around Florida State unless the vibe is just they're not very good. And you had a freshman quarterback who threw two picks early in that football game come back to win. And and they had a couple of extra, they missed an extra point, they had a field goal block. There was no way that Tech was supposed to win that game if you listed all the things that they had going against them going in and then what happened to them during the game. So I'm going to give credit to Georgia Tech. I'm also going to tell you that Florida State is in a bad place. And, and – Look, you, they were picked to be 15th in the league. There's 15 teams this year because, um, you know, Notre Dame's in there. They were picked last in the ACC, Georgia Tech was. And they proved on Saturday that Florida State, if Georgia Tech's not good and they've still got a little building to do, Florida State's in much worse shape than maybe even people thought. How bad is the scene down there at uh, Georgia Tech with – you know, in regards to because I heard at one point they had a obviously and, and this isn't I'm not being judgmental I, anywhere that gets the COVID outbreaks. It's because it's a pandemic that the thing's evil, this disease. And uh, it's just crazy what's going on. But I heard that they had it down there. And then I guess my question is, uh, what's it like at Georgia Tech these days when the like really the sports scene at that school has just gone to hell? Yeah, it's it's tough. Because in the ACC, it's Clemson and everybody else, but you're not supposed to be the worst of everybody else, and they have been for a few years. And again, it was tough last year, but Jeff Collins, is, he's, he's a guy who's got uh, a strength and conditioning guy that absolutely is national caliber, Brent Key, the offensive line guy. Uh, they, they've done things in the last two seasons, and it showed up a little bit on Saturday to show you that they're trying to crawl their way out of it. But the basketball team has not been very good. Uh, the football team has not been very good. And in the ACC, when you're not playing good basketball at Georgia Tech and you're not playing good football, it's really hard to garner attention here. I mean, you really struggle. One of the things they tried to do for the last couple of years is they tried to say that if you've moved down here, and you know this town, there's so many transplants, why not us? Um, I I think 
I think Jeff Collins, the new head coach, the you know the football team, he came from Temple, by the way, where he was looking like he was going to be able to recruit. He had a few guys who were drafted by the NFL. It was certainly in place to believe that that team was going to get better under him. He comes here because this is his home state. Uh, but I, I think they're trying to rally around this idea of why not us? We're going to play exciting football. We're going to play lunch pal football. Um, if you don't have a team, if you've moved down here and you move from another place, pick us because it's just too easy to pick Georgia. We'll find out. We'll find out if he can actually get a viable like that going around here. That's his goal. He wants to grab every wayward fan who doesn't really, you know, college football is new to them. Why can't it be? Why can't it be us? And we're not Clemson, and we know that. But why can't we be Duke? Why can't we be North Carolina? Why can't we be Virginia? Why can't we be Florida State? His whole thing is let's push past all those schools in the next year. So uh, real quick, uh, Kitty Ronta just scored a power play goal, and it's 2-2 now with Vegas. Uh, Dallas ties it up with about uh, 3.47 left. Let me ask you this question. When you're doing your show uh, in Atlanta, is that about the last thing on earth that you'll talk about is Georgia Tech? Or do you still – because back in the day when I was there, you know, Bobby Kremens, the whole deal, it was like – I remember doing shows out in Buckhead with you and uh, Bobby Kremens would come by and we'd, there'd be 800 people in the bar. It was a scene. Uh, but nowadays, do you even mention them? Yeah, we're, we're, we're the flagship. So, look, the basketball team has got to get better, but I think Collins is, is worth rallying around. But it was George O'Leary down here, too. Don't forget, with George O'Leary, Bill O'Brien, uh, that group, Ralph Friedgen, what they had going on in football in the mid-'90s. I work with Joe Hamilton now, who was second in the Heisman as a quarterback uh, at Georgia Tech. And they were able to beat Georgia. They were able to beat Florida State, compete really with anybody at that point. It was fun. Uh, they're trying to get that back. So, no, is it the last thing we talk about? Sure, it's lower. Uh, I think the NBA stuff, once the Hawks got bounced, it was hard unless you had a national story like LeBron. But the Tech is, you know, look, they're, they're, the, they're the younger to Georgia. Georgia's going to win. Georgia's going to win the headlines. They're good enough to do that. They're big enough. There's certainly more fans down here of the Georgia program. But, but I think Georgia Tech just says, hey, don't forget about us. And when they come up to the game like Saturday, you do have to talk about them. And look, I, I'll root for the underdog. I think I'm like you. Find me the guy that I actually believe is going to bring kids in here who are going to work hard, going to be smart about how to handle that business. Maybe there's a little bit of that going on. And, and, and the one thing they can't do, you can't win a game like Saturday and then give it back over the next couple of weeks. You just can't. The ACC is not good enough where all of a sudden you go, what just happened? Why should you lose to those guys? How do you win that game but then lose two more after that? Collins has got to make sure they don't backslide. Because if they do, then it's going to be another one of those years where you go, i got to wait till I see it to believe it. I think people around here, at least the Tech fans, want to believe it a little bit soon, maybe a little bit sooner than they're supposed to, but at least he gave them a he gave everybody around here something on Saturday to rally around. Good. You know, I think it's great. Uh, and let me ask you this question. Was there a reaction? Look, it, 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 it's a city school. You know, the idea that it literally sits in the city of Atlanta. Athens right. is 60 miles away. Everybody knows how big they are over there. But I think people around the city want to find something to root for. And, and, and who knows? Maybe it happens sooner instead of later. Well, I hope so. Uh, I always had a great affinity for him when I was there. Uh, I always like going to the games, too. I went there a lot. I even saw uh, Pink Floyd on a bag of mushrooms at Bobby Dodd Stadium. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> and by the way, just... they took the re- Scotty, they took the regular grass up because they know they're trying to make money over there. So they put that, uh, you know, a, a good turf down just so they could have more concerts there. Like, legitimately, they're going to be doing more concerts in that building because it's a right. moneymaker. But you can't do it when there's grass because it gets torn up and you got to redo it. 
So they actually spent the money on the turf to make money actually doing concerts. That's great. I had I had a lot of fun at that place. Uh, so let me ask you this question. Um, so when Swift dropped that pass for the Lions, uh, was there a reaction toward yeah. his drop in Atlanta where, you know, he was at Georgia and he was such a stud? Uh, it was a horrible – it had to be a terrible experience for the kid uh, to be in his first NFL game and to actually – have the winning touchdown in his hands to drop it. And then like, there's like a camera guy literally right in front of him, like right next to him when he dropped it, like showing his reaction and the kid had to be devastated. And I, I got about 90 seconds, I think. Uh, and then we could do the rest coming out. Right. Yeah. He, look, he was a hell of a player here. And I think the people who know him were not going to pile on, but social media don't care. They don't care that it was his first game. They just saw what they saw. They just watched the touchdown go away. And it's sort of that whole idea of, of course, the Lions drop a touchdown like that. But the kid is too good a kid to really bang on around here locally. But I do know what happened on social media. My God. I mean, that, that pile on came quick. It was they, fast. They wanted to kill him. I mean, yeah, it, it was just brutal. Here's the good news. Look, the Lions aren't going to the postseason. It's not like at the end of the year people are going to go, hey, remember if you would have won game one, you would have went to the postseason. The good news for the kid is he's going to learn from it. And it's not going to be because he cost his team a season. Uh, I will tell you everything that we think we know about the kid. He'll bounce back from it, although he probably had a couple of 3 a.m. moments last night just thinking about what the hell just happened. Listen, there's nothing worse, right? Uh, I I can't even imagine being him because we already know, you know, I know how good of a player he is. He's a great player, and I think he's going to be a great player. And I actually think that uh, people – People do have high regard this season. I don't know why for the Lions. They've always been terrible. I, I mean, they have been atrocious since I've been alive. I mean, literally, that's how bad they are. Like, I mean, generational failure. And so I never expect them ever to uh, go to the playoffs. They rarely go. And then this year, people are saying that they're going to do it because they're loaded. And I'm like, it doesn't matter how loaded you think they are. They never win. First of all, the Packers are better. So are the Vikings. And that's all there is to it. That means you're a wild card at best. So when we come back, we'll talk to um, Chris Domino from 680 The Fan in Atlanta about the Falcons and the Braves, Uh, namely, uh, I got to tell you, I went on TV today and I said, I mean, Immediately, this guy, Quinn, his, his seats, his pants are on fire. And then I also said, when are people going to start saying that Matt Ryan is getting it done? Because they never say that. They blame everybody but Matt Ryan. It's for all in a bit. All right, Pharrell on a bench. We're talking to Chris Domino, my good friend at 680 The Fan in Atlanta. So uh, you heard me when we were going out. I said uh, no one ever says anything about Matt Ryan. Now, I guess, uh, you know, he got him to the Super Bowl, but let's face facts. It was the worst choke in history. I don't blame him for that, but I, I, you know, I blame the whole kit and caboodle for that, the way they handled that. So let's go since then. Let's go to what what has happened since then besides failure. And all I know is 
Last year they were terrible, and then and then at the end of the year they were good, right? They started so terribly that yeah. I think that Blank said, unless I'm wrong, we're going to give you one more chance. And then because they finished strong, playing well, and then they go into this year. And I got to tell you, uh, I mean, is it just me or did they look terrible? Because they look, I, I thought they looked terrible. And I was watching the game; they got their ass beat. And I was like, they look worse now than they did at the beginning of last year. So at what point do you yeah. blame? Quinn's pants are on fire. And then when do you start blaming Matt Ryan that he's starting to look like he sucks too? Yeah, just real quick. They lose the Super Bowl. They come back the next year, the year Philadelphia wins the, the Super Bowl, and they, they play him to a 15-10. They play Philadelphia better than anybody in the postseason. So it's not like there was a Super Bowl hangover where they roll over and die the next year. But the two years after that, the last two years coming into this year, they were 7-9 and in both seasons and obviously missed the playoffs. So, yeah, they finished strong enough to keep jobs around here. And, and look – I'm going to be honest, Scotty. They're not better than Seattle, so I'm not angry that they lost. Uh, I'm angry that on a fourth down, yeah, they were 0 for 4 on fourth down. They tried to fake punt, and they had it, except the guy drops the football. Then Seattle scores three touchdowns in a field goal. The game's over after that. They don't win big moments. That's what's been happening around here. You know, there were five or six moments in a football game. You don't have to be better. They're not better than Seattle. Seattle's been in the postseason eight years in a row. I'm not angry they lost to Seattle. I'm angry about how it happened. You go over four and fourth downs. They had a third and 23. Seattle converts. The, the Falcons, who don't sack anybody, they had a sack on the first play of the 2020 season with Pat McKinley. They had two sacks on the drive. Seattle had a penalty, and Seattle still scored a touchdown. So that's when I put my phone in a drawer. The only social media thing I did yesterday, I put it out on Twitter. I'm going to put my phone in the drawer because if I don't, I'm going to type something I'm going to regret. I didn't pull it out till the game was done. And when the game was done, I said, look, it's one. But, but not being able to win the biggest moments of the game. Third and 23, that's unexcusable. Um, you let – Russell Wilson's going to be the player of the week. He's going to be the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, and there's a good chance Jamal Adams is going to be the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. That happened against your team. They're filling out certificates all over the place to hand the guys after they play the Falcons, and, and it's not good. Look, Matt Ryan's a hell of a quarterback in regards to – he's put up numbers. He's got Hall of Fame-type numbers. That Super Bowl was won. Had he won that Super Bowl, he'd never have to have you, me, or anybody else question what he is and what he's not. When you lose that game and you have two seven and nines, you know, all world quarterbacks don't go two years, three years without going to the postseason, even picking up a wild card. So he has to live with that. It's not on him. The offensive line was not good last year. He gets hit too often. He takes too many sacks uh, because the stuff up front isn't good. Devontae Freeman, you gave money to. He couldn't play. Unceremoniously walked away from him, and nobody else has signed him. Um, you get Todd Gurley in for five million. Dante Fowler looks like he could be a good player, but it cost you money. Uh, Vic Beasley, you had to send away after you gave him over twelve million dollars on the fifth year of that deal. They they've just had a bunch of missteps. But the biggest problem is for that three and a half hours inside a football game, they don't have. They don't win the moments where you go. That's how you win a football game. They end up on the wrong side of those things for the last two years, and if it turns into that again this year, then there'll be a brand new regime you know, doing it. And I don't like Dan Quinn. I really like Dan Quinn. But if, if he doesn't win, if they're one and four, they might even make a change during the season, and that's going to stay. So wait, you, you really like him as a person, right? I really but like it, him. Okay, no, fair no, enough. I really I, like him, yeah. Well, everyone, I heard a lot of people really like him. But at the end of the day, um, at some point, that's neither here nor there, isn't it? 
You know, look, if, if it's got to be, it's got to be. If you go to a Super Bowl with your 500 coach overall, if you're one and seven and you had to go six and two to actually save the job, okay, you save the job. But if you're one and four, if you lose to Dallas next week, you're 0 and two, you know, you might be doing what doesn't happen a lot in the NFL. You might be making a change in season. Because I don't think Arthur Blank is going to sit there at one and four, certainly one and five, and believe that we're going to root for this thing to be different for the back half of the year, and then we're going to try it all over again. I, I think that right. will be it. And again, personally, uh, I will tell you, if the guy was a college coach and had a 17 or 18-year-old son, uh, I'd line him up and say, that's the guy you're going to go play for because that's the guy that's going to make you a better person. But around here in the NFL, you either win games or you don't, you go to the postseason or you don't. Arthur Blank, he doesn't have the Super Bowl trophy you wanted. He, you know, he built the building. He, he, he does a lot of stuff in his community, and he does it for one reason. He wants to have a parade. And he wants to have the city uh, of Atlanta have what we don't get very often around here, which is a really good time with a championship trophy. If it doesn't happen, they're going to make changes. So what is the reaction on uh, your show by fans uh, today after that uh, performance? Now, I agree. They're killing everybody. They're killing everybody. They're killing everybody. They're angry. No, no, no. They're killing everybody. Julio Jones, look, Matt Ryan threw for over 400 yards, but everybody, everybody knows that's not a good thing because they're playing from behind again. Julio Jones has 150 yards in receptions. That's not a good thing because they're playing from behind again. Calvin Ridley, by the way, is a stud. Calvin Ridley can play. You got Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, and you're not finding your way to 30 points. You're not finding your way. Look, they scored a garbage touchdown at the end to make the game even closer. Uh, but they were down in this game. They were beaten up, and, and they weren't going to win this football game. No onside kick. No magic, no miracle was going to get them, you know, to pick up the win. It's they, everybody was getting murdered. I mean, Dan Quinn especially was just getting crucified because people are tired <laughs> of it. They just think, okay, if we're going to do this again, I, you're not going to get my emotional investment. The building would be empty, <clears throat> by the way. If they if they do this for another week and there were fans in the stands, people would not be showing up. And there's nothing more embarrassing than being in an NFL building that's not full. But but people will vote with their, I'm not putting my ass in that seat. And there was a lot of that going on the last two years anyway. It's, it's just not what Arthur Blank is going to be able to, to live with or deal with. So they're playing in Dallas this week, right? And uh, yeah. I have to tell you, like, you know, I, I bet on the Rams, right, in uh, L.A. on Sunday night. I actually took the Rams uh-huh. on the three. But I, I, I don't see, frankly, I, I, this is just me. Maybe I'm stupid. But I don't see the Falcons going to Dallas. I think that Dallas team is loaded with talent, and I don't think they played great in L.A., but I do think on paper, you know, I hate to say it, but lining up against the Falcons, I think they're going to basically take it out on Atlanta, and I think they're going to they're gonna beat the Falcons. Well, I don't know how you feel, because 0-2 is not supposed to be the death knell in the NFL season, but I think the team that's 0-2 is going to have a hard time recovering. Aaron Donald just did whatever he wanted to do. Grady Jarrett's a good player, but he's not Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's a beast. Uh, and the idea that – I will tell you this. I, I don't know why you're so sure that Dallas is that much better than the Falcons because they only put up 17. I can't believe that team only put up 17. I can because I don't root for them. And quite honestly, I hope they lose a lot. Uh, but the idea that they only put up 17 in that game is, is ridiculous. You don't pay a guy $31 million. You don't go draft C.D. Lamb. You don't go actually tell me – that your offensive line 
if, if Dallas doesn't win anything, and they haven't in a long time, that's going to be the best offensive line to never have an opportunity to prove it in the Super Bowl or prove it late in the postseason. And they're not getting any younger, and they're not going to get any better. And the idea that i got to pay Dak Prescott you know, $700 million, whatever the hell his agent's going to be asking for, they're no better than the Falcons in regards to winning. Like, I, I don't you maybe can line them up and say they're a little bit more talented, but they don't win either. I think the Falcons actually have a chance to win the game uh, because I think playing against Dallas, whether it's a little bit of the pressure of them being 0-2 and Jerry losing his mind, um, I, I'm going to say something that I, I didn't think I would say till later in the week. I think the Falcons are going to go in there and win. Oh, all right. I think Dallas has got as many problems as the Falcons. Yeah, I think Dallas has as many problems, and I think theirs are under the hood. I, I think they've got a kicker problem. I think they've got a mental problem. And I'm not telling you the Falcons are world beaters. Again, losing to Seattle is not a crime. How you lost is. I watched that, uh, that Dallas game. Dallas didn't look impressive to me at all. I don't think they could actually jump out two touchdowns on the Falcons. I don't. And I think that's the Falcons' problem. People could have 17 on them, and Matt Ryan's got to drop back, and the offensive line probably isn't good enough to deal with that all day. I don't think Dallas jumps them up. I don't, I don't think Dallas goes up two scores in this game. I think this one's going to be played pretty square. Well, there you go. It'll be uh, maybe two average teams. It'll be a great game. Yeah. <laughs> It'll end up being a great game. Yeah. Let me ask you about. Uh, let me ask you about the Braves real quick. Uh, yeah. So they've had problems with injuries. I, I get it. Acuna's had just nothing but bad luck, et cetera. There's pitchers, Freed, all of them, uh, Soroka. They've all they've had lots of problems, but they're going to be in the playoffs. And what uh, should we expect from the Braves uh, in two weeks when the postseason starts? How crazy is this? Cole Hamels is going to start on Wednesday. The guy hasn't pitched in a year. You paid him $18 million. He's done nothing except throw a side session or two. They're going to give him his live BP in a game against Baltimore on Wednesday. Then Max Freed from back is going to come back on Friday. You legitimately could have Max Freed, Cole Hamels, and a kid named Ian Anderson who threw lights out this weekend. My God, he was great. He's got four starts into his career. You could have a guy in Max Freed, Cole Hamels, who hasn't pitched in a year, and you're going to ask him to pretend it's 2008. And I got a kid who's four starts into his major league career. He threw seven innings the other day, a one-hit ball, in him, and one hit was a bunt. Uh, he's phenomenal. He's got a changeup like I haven't seen from a 22-year-old in a long time. But that's not necessarily lining him up to knock him down in the postseason. And we haven't won a postseason series around here in 19 years. The idea that I might ask to do it with a guy who's got a sore arm and old and Hamels. I got a guy who I hope the back was just a tweak in Max Fried, who was having a hell of a year this year. But a kid will have six starts under his belt to try to break the schneid of this team not winning the postseason series. It's not legitimately what anybody was going to be hoping for or signed up for. But that's at best what's going to be happening when they start. The good news is the offense is really good. And the bullpen, if there was an MVP and you could hand it and, and, and hand the trophy to a group of guys, the MVP of the National League is the Braves bullpen. And it's not even a question. Atis is having a great year. Ian Happ's having a good year. I get it. Freddie Freeman's having a great year. But the Braves bullpen has been the most valuable piece of any team in the, in the NL this year. So uh, who would they, who would they play? play? Who would they play? So it's changed, I think, three different teams in the last six days. It was San Francisco. Today it would have been Miami. They got their asses kicked by Baltimore tonight. They lost 14-1 to the Orioles tonight. Jeez. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be – they're two and a half up now. Phillies. Yeah, they're two and a half up on – so it went from the Giants, Marlins, and Phillies over the last five days as to who they would have played. Yeah, Carver High's telling me they'd play the and uh, Phillies. Phillies. By the way, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, 
you know, if it is Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia lost to Miami again today. Miami's had their way with them. Miami shoved them around. Philly's only a half game up in a wild card, I think, tonight. So Philadelphia's trying to hang on by a thread. I wouldn't want to face Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler in a best of three, and that could happen, but Philadelphia might not get in. The, the Marlins are, like, not only surprising, but, but they walked in and, and, and they took care of Philadelphia in the last few days. Is, is Wheeler the guy that uh, hurt his finger putting his pants on? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> hey, listen, I got to run. I love you. I love you, Chris. You're great. Right, uh, it's always good catching right. up, man. Uh, say hi to everybody in Atlanta for me. I will. I always do. All right. All right, listen, man. Family. stay safe and well, Mike. Everybody be good. You're the man. All right, uh, that's our boy, Chris Domino at 680 The Fan in Atlanta. I don't know if you saw this or not, uh, Carver Hyde. Did you see the guy on the Titans just absolutely sucker punch a guy and get away with it? I did see that. What in the name of God was that? How did that not get flagged? How do you miss that when you got 25 refs on the field? He threw an absolute haymaker and punched that dude in the face. I mean, they missed nothing in the NFL, but they missed that? I mean, what is going on? All right, for all on the bench, they're in overtime. The Stars and Knights. And Dallas is on a power play. Your boy White Cloud got busted for delay a game. He flicked the puck into the stands. And it's uh, a minute six left on the man advantage for Dallas. Huge opportunity to, like, win the game. You got to uh, try to, you know, get a shot on goal or something. They have not been able to set up shop. Uh, Vegas has been, just been ultra aggressive on the kill. I mean, just really all over the ice. So they've yet to get a really good shot, a clean shot. They're moving it around, but they're just not getting any shots. Like, are you noticing that? I mean, all they need is one. There it is. It's over. Dallas wins it. Boom, I just needed one, and I got it for you. Good night, Irene. Vegas goes home again. Pack it in from the finals in their first year to failure, to failure, to you lose. Good night, Irene. The Dallas Stars win it in overtime. All they needed was one chance. And they got it. Glove side. It deflected off of the high-priced Robin Leonard, who they're thinking about giving a long-term deal to. And Rick Bonus and company are shaking hands with Pete DeBoer. And the Vegas Knights are done. Wow. How'd you like that bet I gave you today? I told you uh, that... I was going to ride them all the way. They weren't going to lose this series. And then they were down 2 nothing in this hockey game. And they win it. On, and they're giving the goal to uh, Gurionov on the power play from Hintz and Klingberg. And they're shaking hands at center ice. And uh, your boy White Cloud is devastated. He looks like he's crying. He's devastated. He cost him. What a way to lose a delay of game penalty. You lose. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.